Hi, this is Marian, and welcome to the Leap of Faith podcast, a series of open dialogues with women entrepreneurs who at some point in their life were called to play a different game in what they were bringing into the world. This podcast is to inspire you, empower you, become still, and ask yourself, am I still on the right path? Or is there a different way that I don't see yet? Take a pause and wonder what is possible if you truly start listening to your inner voice. And in today's episode, I'm sitting with Serena Weaver, and she's the founder of Conscious Restaurant Rating Platform, Table Sage. I hope I pronounce it well. Yeah. <laughs> After a decade of work in sustainable business development, and twice that amount of time centered on traveling, to experience the magic of great eateries, Serena decided to correct course, leave a corporate life to follow her passion and transform the restaurant and greater food system. Welcome, Serena, in the Leap of Faith podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Marianne. Wow. It's amazing that you left a corporate life to follow your passion to transform the restaurant and greater food system. That's a big thing. I'm uh, trying. Yes, one step at a time. <laughs> But before we get there, before we get to this amazing, um, you know, platform you're creating, uh, can you first share a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, because people don't know who is Serena, who's the person behind this? Yeah, sure. So again, I'm Serena Weaver, and I've been living in Amsterdam for the past uh, five plus years. Um, originally, I'm both Italian and American, so spent quite a bit of time um, living between the two countries, studying, working, uh, traveling, of course. And yes, and then I've been here now um, for quite a bit of time looking for, for the next chapter. And now it seems like I've found it, so I'm looking forward to, to unfolding that as well. So you say you are Italian-American. You have like an Italian mother or? Yes, my mother is Italian and my father is American. Oh, great. So you, you grew up in Italy and in the United States? Yes, between the two, a bit of back and forth. And you are fluent in it Italian, of course. Yes, that does help a lot. <laughs> and, and how was it to live in Italy? Because we as Dutch people, especially we go to Italy in the summer to Tuscany and, you know, to, to have the great food. So you... So how was it for you to, 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 raise, to be raised in Italy? Um, I, I suppose I didn't understand that it was uh, unique until I was maybe 15 or so. And, mm -hmm. um, of course, all of this is uh, pre-social media, pre-even you know, quick photography. So I, I remember when I was small um, thinking that both people from both countries didn't quite understand me because there would be big big gaps in, in space and time um, because I would be in Italy about three months every year and then come back to the States. Mm -hmm. And then I, I moved to Milan uh, for about a year in university and then I lived in there um, in Milan once more, um, more recently before I moved to Amsterdam. So um, as an adult, I think it's um, a very... Um, it's a very great place to live for life. It's a little bit more difficult, um, I think, for young females to be working, especially mm -hmm. if you have any sort of foreign background. But um, yeah, it's certainly a warming experience, let's say. 
Yeah, so what you're saying, it's, it's a bit conservative for women to work in Italy. Or is that what you're saying? I think it's still very traditional. So most, yeah. um, in most, let's say, working environments, the, the oldest male is still the, the most respected person in or, any organization. And so I think even for young males, they, they think that they'll have to work for several decades to, to gain any sort of um, recognition. Mm. Females, even at um, you know, the peak of their careers, they're still not quite equal in my, um, in my view. Uh, so I found that uh, working there as a young person, it, it felt a little bit defeating. So while life was very nice, the, uh, the prospect of a real career seemed uh, less possible than in a country like Amsterdam that's much more open-minded. Mm, yeah. So yeah, we as tourists, we only see the beautiful side of Italy, which is of course the nature, the food, and and the side you are describing is that there are not so many possibilities for young people to have a career, right? Yes, and it is of course, um, well maybe not of course, but it is better in in the northern cities and also in international corporations. But still, there is some systemic. Um, um, let's say, prevalence towards the, the patriarchy, uh, so to speak. Yeah. And um, you left the corporate life, I, I read somewhere, uh, to follow your passion. So, so you have been working in corporations for how long? Yeah. Um, so when I, I left Milan, I moved to Amsterdam in 2014. And that was to work for Tesla. And it's the uh, electric car, mm -hmm. now also energy company. Um, and I was with them for four years before starting Table Sage. And how was it to work? Because your background is in, um, I think you told me. Sustainable. Sustainability. Yeah. And languages, something like that. Yes, also. Yeah. So, so how did, did that inform what you're doing right now? Um, so Tesla in, in particular is a sustainable company. It's also international. Um, but I think what I most took out of that experience is the standard of, of work ethic to make something happen. Um, so the, um, it, it's an American company and it's very fast growing uh, because it believes that as a small player in the automotive industry, it has to really uh, push hard to achieve its its mission of electric transport, and it really it really lives and breeds that mission. So everyone who works there knows that they have to give everything to to be um, equally competitive to the bigger companies. And uh, while that can definitely be difficult, I think as an entrepreneur, that was a very important experience to understand really what it takes to to grow something and see it succeed. And um, so. Yeah, I think from a, you know, an academic or a working experience, of course, I, I learned um, many things, but the, the main message of, of determination was probably what stood out the most. Yeah, and I, I think we can get back to that later because what you're creating now is also something like hey, being small in a big world, but have the belief that it's needed to create this in a, in a conservative restaurant uh, rating system, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah, so we'll get back there later, if I don't forget. Um, so, because this is, you know, this is the Leap of Faith podcast, I'm uh, 
inspiring women with women like you who took a leap of faith. And I think what we all want to know is what was your biggest sign that you had to change something in your life radically? Yeah. Um, so this, I would say that there was more than one sign and they were definitely occurring during my time at the big corporation. Um, most, most strongly, I felt the signs to, to look for something new when I was uh, given a very um, you know, positive opportunity within the company to grow my career with a, an important project. And I gave absolutely everything and felt uh, like I was constantly not able to be either supported with staff or uh, recognized by top leadership. And it felt the more I did, the, the less... Uh, um, the less it was seen. Um, and that was very difficult because on the ground, I knew I was doing great work and I knew it was a very, very senior project and I was super excited about it. And then it, it felt very defeating. And that to me was the opposite of why I was uh, working for a fast moving corporation. I thought that if I did good work, something great would come out of it. Um, even just a, you know, a thank you, let's say, regardless of the, um, you know, any sort of title or, or salary change. So yeah, that was when uh, I, yeah, I decided to, to look for other opportunities as well. Yeah, it sounds like that, uh, that some of your values were not, not honored. Which, one, which of your values were not honored working in, on the senior project? Exactly. Yes. So as a um, as a coach, I, I love that you asked that because I've um, in the past working with coaches, that was something that um, um, stood out to me because as um, a working person, I hadn't thought of it that directly. No, uh, we don't learn that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a new skill that I, I'm learning as well. Um, I think my uh, my value of of honesty even was not um, being met. Love, I've also realized, is a, a big value that we don't really talk about in the working world. But um, on a basic term, I felt that um, I wanted there just to be clear transparency, you know, input a little bit for output or, um, you know, empathize, please, with all of the work that's going in and understand that, um, uh, that it needs to be recognized. So, yeah, and if you would like, if you would give a metaphor for when you were working still in Tesla, which is a beautiful company, I think, and you know, if my husband has a Tesla now, it's yeah, it's a really it's a really great a, a dream came true, you know, for Tesla, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but um, what is a metaphor for describing how you felt when you were still working on that senior project? Um. To be honest, I think there is a little bit of a ceiling. Um, the glass ceiling is is quite real for women still, and for uh, especially for younger women. That um, unless you have the age or yeah, or even the gender to be um, to recognize to be recognized, in some cases you will not be. You will you know you've you've hit it basically at a certain point, and it's like thank you. Um, uh, thank you, but that title still belongs to someone else or that recognition still belongs to someone else. And I think uh, that's a strong reason to work for yourself um, at a certain point. Yeah. And, and, and in what way was that glass 
ceiling uh, true for you because it is also an experience you have or an assumption. Is it, was there really a glass ceiling or was it just like, I don't feel like I don't, I want to work here anymore. Um, on my team, I think there was, um, I was watching closely other uh, women in similar positions, not be, um, not just not be recognized, um, who are doing very senior level work. So mm. sometimes it's not, it's really not company based. I think often it's, uh, you know, a person to person or a chance based scenario. Yeah. And the way we communicate, I think also yeah. Yeah. the way women communicate, uh, in corporations and so but let's let's not dive into that <laughs> discussion because we can have another conversation here and another podcast okay. um, um, so your your biggest sign was that you were like not honoring your values you missed honesty love transparency and was there also like a physical sign or did you feel something yes i was quite uh, burnt out um time and again um i think Americans are very used to living with burnout. It's a cultural. It's normal. Yeah, it's a. It, almost if you're not burnt out, you're you're not working hard enough. Um, oh my god! So it's there is a you know a pervasive stress uh, amongst Americans as a, a cool factor almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did um, I did actually fall ill with something that made me. Uh, have to leave the company for a while. So that was uh, actually a great time to really review uh, what mattered most and whether it was in fact, you know, staying for that recognition or finding it uh, myself somewhere else. Yes, and, and what, what helped you to, to, to get to the point that you really decided or had the courage to leave and, and start this new episode in your life? Um, it, it does take a community, I think, and having um, self-affirmation and also hearing um, from others. Maybe it takes just one other person. Maybe it's uh, you know a handful. But um, speaking to to friends and family, um, I had two life coaches, one after the other, um, even a therapist. Just hearing over and over again. Um, this doesn't sound like um, a good place for you to be. You have other interests. You know, what can we uh, take out of these interests that could be a, a possible career change? Um, and then over a number of months, that, that is, of course, what ended up happening. Mm, yeah, it's beautiful that you say it does take a community to change and to have the courage because we can't do it alone. Um, so, but then there was this idea of uh, table sage had did that pop up like you know you woke up one morning okay i'm gonna change this uh the world's recording restaurant um, rating or there there must be like an, a start somewhere with every right. id so it was um they there were three things happening at the same time so one was that i was not feeling recognized at work mm -hmm. and then you know to the physical level where i had to stop and think about it so that um, I think, you know, women and people in general could make that decision before they have to stop and think about it. Uh, I had a stopping point. Uh, also, um, at the same time, I was uh, working with coaches, mapping out, um, you know, other professional skills, other um, interests. So I was working on, on something. Mm -hmm. um, and then as a third 
concurrent driver was that uh, my one of my biggest hobbies has always been traveling to eat at interesting restaurants. Um, and during one of those travels, I thought, you know, this this is supposed to be literally the best restaurant in the world, and this was a terrible experience. I can't believe it. And I had uh, two similar experiences within um, a few months of that with the same kind of uh, why did I come here <laughs> feeling. Um, and that ended up all kind of coming together within a few months after that. Um, yeah. So it was definitely a, a progression of, of moments. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, your consciousness was, that's, that's how I see it. Once you are on the, on the journey of, you know, you stop, you take a pause, you reflect, you find help with a coach or other people or people, you know, become burned out. So you really have to stop that there is like a new after a crisis, there's like a new level of consciousness. And because of that consciousness, you were doing what you love most, which is traveling to eat. Right. And then you noticed, oh my God, this is a very good restaurant, but it's, it's, the experience is so shitty. Right. <laughs> and and I, now that you mentioned it, I, I think I was in very much a, a mood of uh, writing wrongs. So trying to uh, correct things that I saw in systems that... Uh, were not as they should be and um, I guess I've, yeah this is a very enlightening podcast Marianne because I hadn't I hadn't thought of the parallels between uh, what I found wrong um, you know in the corporate world with what I was finding wrong in, in the restaurant world which um, is actually very very similar in many ways um, yeah it sounds like you were prepared by having the experience in the corporate world to have like a, a different view on the world you love to be in which is the restaurant world right exactly yeah so you were marinated for it and prepared <laughs> i to definitely had the inspiration to, to try to do my part um, yeah if not with my former experience with with the next one yeah and uh okay so so this was like your your experience and then and then what's next because you i don't think you can do this alone the idea of course yeah it starts it was there was a seed planted in you so yeah. you you had this idea of uh, something must change here so and, and i often say i'm uh, i'm also working as a business mentor i often say your company starts with an irritation or frustration yeah yeah so what's, what's there for you? Um, so the very, um, the quick steps were basically, I thought um, in the first case, I thought I'll write a letter to the owner um, of the restaurant or the several restaurants, um, just with some feedback, um, not mm -hmm. like an angry, this is wrong, but more like maybe consider this for other customers. Yeah, feed forward. Yeah, and then um, my, my mother had done some journalism when she was young and she encouraged me to, to start um, putting some things online. Um, and this was about two years ago. So I started a small blog with some articles. Um, and then I was doing a lot of thinking during that time. So I thought, okay, well, why do I think the restaurant system is not working or the rating system is not working? Um, and so I was breaking it down. Okay, this is what I think is um, uh, problematic and these are things that I think could fix it and so I distilled um, those insights into to five values um, and from there um, I was applying those values 
to the blog. So just where I would eat, I would um, try to rate them in my own way that I thought made sense for modern people. Um, and then I thought, this is really good. <laughs> and not, uh, not actually the blog itself, um, but the concept I thought was, um, had a lot of potential. And because I had recently graduated with an MBA, I thought, you know, there's business potential here. There's, this yeah. doesn't have to be a blog. Um, this can be, and blogs are also uh, businesses in many cases. But for me, I thought, this could be a tech startup like any other one. And this is, and, and, and I'm now very curious, sorry to interrupt you. So, so what yeah. was that feeling? Uh, in, 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 there must have been like a feeling inside of you, like, Oh my God, this has potential. Um, yes, that, that feeling was when I connected it to other things that were happening in the world. So, you know, the climate crisis, um, a lot of, um, messaging around inclusion, um, and I, the potential that I saw was that there were issues, there were issues across sectors that were being isolated. And I think that's a, a large problem um, for, for Westerners today, that we're isolating things instead of looking at them holistically. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that um, one of the unique uh, things that I could add to the business world is um, a more holistic view, um, which is not necessarily typical of, of people who go through the the corporate uh, ladder so and and a holistic view so for people who don't understand it if you look at restaurants yeah, the way they are rated right now and we look at TripAdvisor, Michelin, Inns um, so what is the holistic view different from what they are doing just to explain yeah. it to the listeners sure so um there, there are two main, um, let's say, perspectives on eating today. One is that uh, your experience starts when you maybe make a reservation or you sit down at the table and it ends when you leave um, or write, let's say, write a review. Um, the, the other kind of modern thought is that restaurants are about food. Um, they're about food tasting good, about looking good. Uh, maybe about you know a cool trendy ingredient, but they're they're not about anything else. So you know Michelin only looks at quality of food. Um, most um, let's say community based um, rating systems are just kind of about popularity. You know like how trendy was it? Okay, five stars. It was really great. <laughs> you know um, more let's say they're more superficial. So. Um, what I was connecting uh, in my mind is that the experience goes um, it goes back farther. So it's not just when you make a reservation, you sit down, but it, it does go back to the farmers and it does go back to um, you know, the transportation and the way that um, uh, cooks are treated. It goes you know, back to the leadership in the, in the restaurants to to choose which farmers they work with, to decide how to treat their kitchen staff. Um, so there's a lot happening that's connected to world issues like um, climate change or like um, inclusion um, that we don't see, but that if we as consumers could, um, uh, could begin to see and to demand more of, then restaurants might also change how they act. Yeah, beautiful. And what you're saying basically is you are raising awareness amongst the customer and the people who visit the restaurants and the restaurant owners and chefs themselves. 
yeah because right. um the, the words yeah I, I, the words you are the ratings are fa basic uh, are, are based on uh experience the cuisine but the storytelling behind it so why does this restaurant do what he's doing right. the sustainability you're talking about uh, uh, the waste waste of food uh, where does the food come from uh, the farmers include the farmers and diversity and what do you mean by diversity because that's the one i don't really understand yeah. so each of those five has uh, three uh, let's say points to it so diversity is, is um, diversity of of leadership and staff so that can be uh, gender it can be culture it can be race um, it can be age um, so generally looking again at, at the ownership, at the, the, sh the top chef, um, at the people who are, are waiting tables versus hosting. Uh, but it also applies to diversity of dishes because we know that um, more and more people are, are looking towards um, including plant-based plates in their diets. Um, and it, I think it's helpful for users to know whether a restaurant is looking at maybe uh, having one or two things that, that could be um, and then done. Yeah. And so, so if I would be like uh, going to a restaurant and mm -hmm. I use your, um, uh, restaurant ra rating platform, um, I will have the opportunity to look at those six points, you know, like over rating experience, cuisine, story, sustainability. So I can rate all of that. Yep. So what you'll see, um, is first um, the way that the table stage has reviewed it according to those points. So you'll, you'll receive a bit more background about each of them um, because our, we have a team of writers and they're, um, they are eating anonymously, but they're also asking questions to the people when, uh, who are working while they're there. They're doing some research online. Um, so they're, um, let's say they're informed reviews. Um, mm -hmm. And then the next part, and this is going to be launching um, after the first March launch, is that you could log in, uh, you can say which restaurants which are interesting to you, you can bookmark them for later on the map, um, but also you'll be guided through a, a more simple version of that. Um, so we actually uh, look to Airbnb's um, rating uh, mechanism, which is just a very nice uh, kind of like a walkthrough, but more simplified even than theirs. To say, uh, did you did you think um, that the restaurant was operating sustainably? So it's basically asking you to evaluate a restaurant based off of your perception of its of its handling, mm -hmm. which is what we're doing anyway with um, you know with food and experience. So it, did we think it tasted good? You know, yes or no. <laughs> uh, so it, it's not quite different to say, did you think it was operating sustainably? And I think um, just even have someone be presented with that question makes a little bit of a mind shift exactly because because you present the question you have to think about it if we have to make up our own questions we will only think oh it was a nice experience and the food was good and the people were nice right and it was in a beautiful place you know so exactly. it's very superficial and that's what we what we were used to to be to do um so it, it really sounds like uh, yeah like you said a very holistic way to look at it and uh and it's not only for you know the people who are the clients but you the restaurant rating platform is also for the owners and the staff can you explain that a little bit more so one of the um 
the frustrations that I had found that was coming from the restaurant industry itself was that a lot of the review systems are um, sometimes working against restaurants. So there might be an angry customer who feels um, the need to, to explain his poor or her poor situation online, or perhaps someone is just having a bad day and leaves a, a, a negative review. Um, or even with, with some of the companies like Michelin and the world's best, there's a very intense competition around receiving the highest marks. Mm -hmm. In the end, restaurants are, are you know, defending themselves often or, or striving to reach this level of, um, you know, of creativity. And those, um, those uh, I think, reactions and, and negative um, stress points are, are very much taking away from the work that I've heard they like to do, which is, you know, make people happy, cook good food, experiment. Um, and in that way, I saw that there was also opportunity to make things better for the industry itself and not just for eaters. So what we on the platform will do is only have uh, positive expert reviews. So everything on the site is to be recommended. It could also be used as a travel guide in that way. Mm -hmm. um, of course, they will be objective. So um, it's possible that we'll say this restaurant was, um, you know, has room to improve in its sustainability practices, but it won't say uh, the service was terrible. <laughs> you know, it will say yeah. there, you know, it will be polite so that we're not causing an extra pain point. Um, and then also what we're looking to do after a certain um, uh after a certain point when we have enough feedback is to provide restaurants with um, the data that we're receiving from customers. So I, I don't mean personal data, but more, you know, out of a hundred reviews by customers, you know, 90 didn't know that you were operating sustainably. Um, and so that restaurant could say, Oh, but we are, maybe we should be more clear with that. And yeah. You know, so shared it yeah. on their website or maybe on their uh, even menu. on their menu. Yeah. That they that there's like a big I always read it when there is like a menu and there is like a big mm -hmm. story about the restaurant, how it started, what their beliefs are and their values. Exactly. Uh, is that something you you are uh, what you mean by that? Yes. So I think it's it's helpful for restaurants just to know how they're perceived in general. Um, and then so if it's positive, you know, maybe uh, explain it more so that um, likewise they can raise awareness with customers um, or they might notice, Hey, like we're getting great rates for, for food, but um, we're not doing anything about sustainability. And it seems like people care about that these days. Uh, maybe we could recycle, you know, we could recycle the and compost our food waste, or maybe we could uh, have slightly smaller portions or, um, maybe we could source from a local farmer who's not that much more expensive. Um, so the, the purpose is both to create a, a positive platform, but also one that um, gives feedback both ways. Beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing how you can connect everything. It's really inclusive. That's the word I, I was thinking of. And um, so what are the, what's the next step for Table Sage? Yeah, so, can, can you already be found? Is there like a, an app or is that all in, still in development? Sure. So right now we have um, a website that explains uh, the concept and what's to come, um, a little bit of the backstory. 
Um, and what we'll be launching towards the end of March then is the, the first city, which is Amsterdam. And yeah. we will have uh, 50 restaurants showcased um, with uh, what we think is very beautiful imagery. So we're going to each restaurant uh, separate from the ratings and doing professional photo shoots so that you'll have a, a really great idea of, of what, um, what they look like before you go in. Uh, then on a more um, deep level, we'll have the, uh, each of the values reviewed. Um, and there will be 50 of those. So one will be able to also um, search and filter for restaurants that are um, to their liking. So you'll be able to say, okay, I'm looking for a dinner. I want it to be um, traditional and quiet, and I really would like to eat uh, Asian fusion. So you'll be able to kind of... Um, see the Filter overview. it. Yeah, you can see the overview and... and um, and go through all the restaurants, or you can really nail down what you would like, and then from there, um, get a feel for what it's about. Um, so we're trying to make it as dynamic as, as possible. Wow, beautiful. So, and it's, you start with Amsterdam, and what will be like the next city? Is it something you wanna roll out worldwide, yeah. globally? Yes, so that is the- The big uh, dream. The big dream, exactly. Um, the the bigger picture was to get to about 200 cities within five years. Um, that will definitely take some some more stuff. Uh, right now, we're at about 12 uh, who are helping out. Um, it it will need to grow, of course, uh, between now and then. But uh, the next city will likely be London, and I I think um, New York from there. Um, one of our our main um, and this is where maybe for your listeners it's helpful as well. Um, we had a you know strategy, and the strategy for rollout I think is is going to change, um, and I think that's completely okay and and good for people to <laughs> to realize is normal uh, that mm -hmm. even if there's a plan when you start something, uh, it very likely will will move around as you start uh, taking. That yeah, it, it sounds like you are learning along the yeah. way. So for um, so for us, we had first thought that we would be uh, showcasing food cultures from around the world as um, an interesting uh, focal point to get to raise more awareness. And I, I think actually from a business perspective, it would make more sense to go where people are um, already um, interested in sustainability and using smartphones. Um, so that will be updated on the website uh, quite soon. So and and where can we find you so there's a website and yeah. and, and and as for march is, there will be the platform right yep so it will be on uh, table-sage.com um also we have uh, social media of course with table sage rating on instagram and facebook um, linkedin and twitter and then the app will be in development but right now we're working on all the um the designs for the, the telephone as well so it will essentially look like an app but you don't have to download it mm, okay and um for the listeners how can we contribute so so what what do you want from us and what would help you in uh, creating more awareness around this platform yeah. and uh, the bigger rd on i mean on a direct level we'd love for you to to sign up um for a newsletter and also to to follow along on, on Instagram. Um, those are things that help us um, prove that the, um, the bigger picture is important. 
Um, so the numbers do matter in, in that case, just to know who cares, basically. Um, on, a, on a more indirect level, I think it's really important for eaters to just to think a little bit more when they're in the restaurant. Um, oh, you know, who's working in the kitchen? Um, where does the, the food that I'm ordering come from? And, and maybe to ask the waiters a few questions. Um, and at the very least, I found that that sparks a nice conversation and, and adds to the experience of a meal. Um, but the, the mind shift towards realizing that most, um, most chefs are still uh, male, even though most women are the ones cooking in the world. Um, hmm. And that um, a lot of restaurants do go for the, the cheaper ingredients rather than the ones that, that people might pay, pay a little bit extra for that are better for them. Um, so yeah, the, the, the thinking part is, is definitely, you know, an action item <laughs> that we would recommend. Um, and um, so people can sign up for your newsletter that's just to be found on your website. They can follow you on Instagram. And of course, I will contribute uh, uh, Instagram uh, stories about it so people can find you easily. Likewise, yeah. yeah. And I, I can I can so imagine that once we are more conscious and become like, you know, part of your movements because it sounds like a movement you know this this mailing list can be a movement of people who will be more aware because they receive your updates and that when we you know as per today if we visit a restaurant that we are looking more around us so who's working here are people you know who working here uh, do they look happy you know uh, is is there like an inclusive culture uh, is the food uh, sustainable and is there a story behind this restaurant? I think it, it will already start working with us as customers, even though you didn't launch it yet. How do you think about that? Yeah, I hope so. And I've, I've also heard a, a lot from friends. Oh, I never thought to think about who's working at the restaurants. And then all of a sudden they, they're thinking about it all the time. <laughs> and uh, that definitely helps uh, the, the industry grow as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I think we are coming to the end of this um, episode, uh, Serena. And there's always a last question. Um, yeah, it's uh, go a little bit back to the leap of faith uh, um, journey you made. And so what would be like your number one advice to the listeners who are, you know, struggling to take like a next step because they don't dare. So what would be your advice from your experience? Hmm. Um, I would say that deciding that you're open to the next step is the next step. Um, so really realizing that you have the ability to change uh, your situation if you're not happy with it. And, and then keeping an open mind towards what that could be. Um, is the the beginning of the trigger point i think um so deciding that you're open to the next step is the next step i really like that it's, it's, that it's a quote that you're able you know whether or not you you know have a large family to feed or you're maybe don't have the degrees that you think that you everyone is able to change something uh, for the better um, for the better yeah and it's beautiful believing that i think 
Beautiful. I, I think there's so much inspiration in this podcast, uh, Serena. Thank you for sharing. Thank and you. for the listeners, if you find this podcast episode useful, tell your friends and create a ripple because I think more people need to know about this. So thank you, Serena, for being here today and sharing your passion and your big ID, which will be you know, become reality because it's already reality, right? Yes. It feels so <laughs> getting there. So thank you. Thank you so much.